and angry St. James's Park welcomes the Grecians back home this evening. Welcome to live coverage of floodlight football this evening between Exeter City and Shrewsbury Town in League One as SJP threatens to have already boiled over. The Grecians face off versus the Salops and need to bounce back after one of the most embarrassing days in the EFL. Travelling away to the Tough Sheet Community Stadium to clash against Bolton Wanderers and the game reads as a short story in hindsight. 2-0 down at half-time. The pride of Devon collapsed in the second period, conceding two more in eight minutes on 55th to 63rd minute, then giving away a further three more in the final 22 minutes of the match. Exeter City fell to defeat 7-0 by the end of the afternoon. Gary Caldwell said the following after City's heaviest defeat in the league for 65 years. Quote, it's embarrassing and not good enough from myself, the staff and the players. We must all take accountability for this and stand up in this difficult moment and find a way to win a game on Tuesday. Everyone has to make sure this is rock bottom and we find a way to get out of it. Shrewsbury Town travelled to Exeter after a 2-1 home win against Port Vale. Goals from Udo and Mata confirming three points for the Salops, who sit mid-table 12th in the division. 11 points off the playoffs and six points safe from relegation in no man's land. Three wins from the last five games set the away team up well this evening. The top story of the clash this evening isn't even the game itself, but the future of City's season. The trust backed Gary Coldwell only last week, signposting their long-term support for their manager. But patience is wearing thin within the fan base and its supporters as they get more and as they get more angry and there is even more vitriol towards the board. An argument to use money to either improve the squad with wins transfers or settle the sacking of Coldwell is building steam. The pot is on the boil and tonight if City fall to defeat again, it may just spill over with worrying consequences for the Scot in the hot seat. It's also important to mark that there will be a minute's applause in memory of Jevon, Harvey, Wilf and Hugo. Four boys who died in a tragic car accident in Wales last week. Well known in the Shrewsbury area. Our thoughts with all affected by their passing and may they rest in peace. Here are your teams for this League One clash. Sinisala remains in goal as expected with a changed defence. A back three of Jules on the left, Will Ameson on the central channel, Sweeney on the right. Trevitt and Cole sit behind the cam, Rankin as centre midfield. Aitchison and Diabate start up front with Wildshut on the left wing, Niskin on the right. Hartridge, Kite, Carroll and Hartridge, Kite and Carroll all fall onto the bench for three changes in what could be a 3-5-2 line-up. Matt Taylor makes three changes to his Shrewsbury Town squad. Morosi in goal, Anderson, Skipper, Anderson, Shipper and Dunkley even with Pierre at centre-half. Winchester sits at centre midfield with Shipley on the left, Bennett on the right. A front three of Udo, Bowman and Matter conclude the starting eleven. I'm joined this evening by my good friend, your former head of sport and your depth station manager, Michael Schlover. And I've got two things I want to ask you about, Michael. Firstly... Give me and give our listeners the sights and sounds of what is a half-empty St. James's Park. Thank you, Joe. Great to be back at St. James's Park for what is going to be quite a chilly night. It is quite cold here in Exeter this evening. But as you said rightly, Joe, the attendance has really disappointed here. We were here three weeks ago for the FA Cup tie against Wigan Athletic, where we had an attendance of about 3,500 people, almost half of what St. James Park can usually accommodate. Well, I have to say, Joseph, today that number might even be smaller than that. The Adam Stadsall stand 
is more than 70% empty. So too the main stand on our right. The big bank is nowhere half full as well. There was an empty right-hand side of it. Now it's starting to get filled up with about five minutes to go before kickoff. But it doesn't undermine the fact that the attendance is very low. The lowest it's been in the last two years at least. As the Exeter players walked off after warm-up, audible boos from the big bank. I said in the intro earlier on that it's threatened to boil over already. I think it's already boiled over and kickoff is only moments away. Michael, any final thoughts before we go into the game? Definitely, Joe. I have to say one thing, which I think is very clear to everyone at the moment. Firstly, Exeter City are at their lowest position since they came back to League One. The lowest they fell last season was 16th place. They're now 20th, only separated by a miracle from the relegation zone. And this, I have to say, since I've covered Exeter City Football Club for Expression FM for the last few years, this is the worst situation and the worst circumstances the club has found itself in. But hopefully the crowd that has attended tonight will stand behind the team as they always do. And hopefully, hopefully, Exeter can try and turn things around against Shrewsbury this evening. We'll see whether City can bounce back and stave off falling into the relegation zone this evening. Kickoff is moments away at St James's Park. Ladies and gentlemen, please, can we have your attention, please? St James's Park will now mark Jevon, Harvey, Wilf, and Hugo with a minute's applause. May Jevon, Harvey, Wilf, and Hugo rest in peace. Reese Cole kicks off this League One clash. It's now in midfield. It's taken by number seven, taken by Winchester, who traipses forward from midfield. Jules tries to tackle high in midfield. Cross comes in. Bowman nearly gets ahead of potential handball by Pierce Sweeney. Nothing given by a referee. And to me, that looked like a handball, Michael. I don't know if I've, don't know if I've seen that wrong, but uh, potentially a, a real risk there by Pierce Sweeney. No, I think you're right, Joe. Bowman was sprinting towards I thought he was going to be there ahead of Exeter City centre-back. Don't know how Sweeney got that contact. But again, Exeter City caught flat-footed at the back. And now a throw-in will come in. The danger's not over by any means. I don't know about you, but I think Alan Young should give him to a penalty there. Looked like handball penalty. However, nothing given. Throwing comes. And then Bowman gets a head on it. It's well saved and easily claimed by Sinisalo. First chance here of City to attack the big bank in this first period. Throwing taken by Sweeney. Ends up at the feet of Dion Rankin. And then Sweeney gets a ball in the area. Cleared first time. So nearly falls to the feet of... So nearly falls to the feet of... of Wild shirt, and then in the penalty area, I believe that was Aitchison, takes a tumble. Big Bank calls a penalty. You saw that better than I saw that, Michael. Was that a penalty shout? The Big Bank was quiet for the first three minutes. We definitely heard them now, and there's a reason why. I thought Aitchison would take him down there. He did well to skip away from his marker, had a chance to shoot. The shot didn't come in, and that was because he got brought down in the box. Another questionable decision, but Exeter City attack again, and hopefully they can build on this. Two early penalty shouts not given by referee Alan Young. It remains nil-nil. Four minutes gone. Cross comes in. Into penalty area. Check to Barton. Gets a header off. In acres of space. It flies over the bar. First attacking chance. A really good strong cross comes in from Reese Cole. And, well, check to Barton. He's got about 15 million miles of space in the penalty area. And it's not even on target. Check to Barton. Having the best performance set up front, is he, right now? 
That's too harsh, sure, I think. That's why he is Is it? There. Is it too harsh, though, I is it? I think so, I think so. Surely you want the attacking threat and the heading threat of a centre-back to be up front and score a goal like that. No, Joe, but it was a difficult attempt. It almost came from nothing, and I have to say, to an extent, caught us by surprise, delivered, I think, by uh, Niskanen into the penalty area, and Cech Diabate really had to adapt to that header. It was quite away from goal as well. It wasn't like it was in the six-yard box. He had to adapt and almost open the scoreline. But extra attack again. City now attack in front of a big bank that sings into song. Cross comes in, dealt with first time. However, dealt with first time by Anderson. And Shrewsbury look to regain and catch their breath after what's been a period of attacking threat for City. Pierce Sweeney now with a throw in. He will go backwards, go towards touchline to Reese Cole, who whips the ball in. So nearly falls to the boot to check Diabate. Well cleared. Shoot Krause. Shoot cries even from the big bank. It's a deflected shot that comes off from, I believe that came off uh, Will Ameson, I think it was. However, it will fall into the hands of Mark Morosi. Nasty deflection there. And 25 minutes gone into this game, Michael. What's your... What's your report in terms of who's got more momentum and who's more likely to take the lead here at St James's Park? Well, the momentum pendulum has definitely swung towards Gary Caldwell's side, who have been the better team. And once again, we saw their wild shot with a good strike, the first proper shot on target for the Grecians. And this is where they can see their chances. Now Senesalo collects a ball from a Shrewsbury player. I think that was Udo. But I have to say, every cross that City delivers into the box goes towards that far side. And every time, Shrewsbury seems to struggle to clear it. And the shot they're coming in from Wildshire, and hopefully not the last one of the half. Michael, something I've just spotted in the stands. We've got a rogue Coldwell out sign now in the Adam Stansfield stand as Shrewsbury Town attack. I'm going to continue his attack first, and then we'll go back on a Coldwell out sign. Oh, it's a really strong move inside from Joe Anderson. Now it's taken by Carl Winchester, who nearly finds the ball inside. However, well cleared deep into midfield. Let's talk about that side in the stands there, Adam Stansfield stands. Coldwell out, and it's fair to say the fans aren't exactly happy right now with the form. No, it clearly addresses the question. And surprisingly, it's at the Adam Stansfield stand. Not the big bank, not in the beating drum in the middle of the main Thatcher's big bank. It's at the Adam Stansfield stand, a family stand, usually a stand with kids. So someone has really decided to express their frustration and has clearly done that. And there is reason for that. I mean, we have to remember City haven't won in the league since mid-September. It's been two and a half months. And today's game and the next game against Port Vale are deciding. And if Exeter fail to get a result today, I have to say, I may fear we may see more of these signs around the stadium. I saw fans wearing T-shirts, wearing the same thing as well earlier on. And it's fair to say the mood has soured at St. James's Park. An interesting first half, Michael. No boos from the big bank, which is always a good thing. I was expecting a few boos earlier on. And, Michael, again, it's nil-nil. Arguably, on, on account of the chances and the, well, the calls from our referee, Alan Young, it might have been maybe 2-1, two 2-0 on, two maybe. Maybe 2-1 to Shrewsbury. But on that level... It's a game that's crying out for some clinical edge, isn't it? Definitely. I mean, it could have been anyone's game, and there were a number of chances for both sides. But apart from that shot from Ryan Trevitt, maybe a few chances earlier on as well, neither team really looked like they were actually going to get the lead. I think the 0-0 is actually a deserved, fair, equal, intermediate outcome for this game. And I really hope this won't be the score after 90 minutes to repeat last year's result in February. But for now, I think both teams would take the nil-nil. 
But the problem is, Exeter City have been in that position so many times where they looked like a slightly better team. They had the chances and they just failed to convert. And quite often, it becomes costly. So for Gary Colwell's side, the question would be more of the same. Yes, the big banks are the other side now in the second half, but they have to keep going and they have to be clinical. Because if they switch on even for a few seconds, a few minutes, they could be punished. A game that springs to mind, Barnsley, not long ago, where Exeter were in a similar position and conceded late. So every fan, I think, at the Big Bang would be dreading it at this stage. But so far, not so bad. So far, not so bad. The only real talking point in that first half being the injury to Shrewsbury's right mid, Elliot Bennett. I want to talk about substitutes. We spoke about earlier on, Michael. Who are you looking there and who are you looking at on your bench that sort of may change the game? I'm looking at someone like James Scott, maybe for Czech Diabato. James Scott will be needed up there. I see Vincent Harper coming on. Yes, he was struggling in the last few few fixtures, perhaps, but I'm not being particularly impressed with Dion Rankin. I think his threat has been extinguished by Shipley, by Pierre, by Bennett. And I think you, uh, I think Vincent Harper on the right could provide dividends for Exeter City. He could be that fresh pair of legs to use the potential, which is clearly visible for Exeter City. I mean, Walter has been exceptional. He's been the best player. And similar threat on the right would really favour Exeter City. Scott is the other one. And I would definitely see Carrie Kite, Kyle Taylor, Tom Carroll, anyone in that midfield to freshen these up. I think we will see changes in the next 15 minutes from Carrie Coldwell. It's all square at St James's Park between the Grecians and the Salops. Nil-nil is your half-time score and live commentary presented by Expression FM Sport, presented by Joseph Terry and Michael Schlover. We'll be back in just a few moments' time. Second half due to kick off then at St James's Park. Welcome back to live Expression FM coverage of Exeter City's floodlight football clash against Shrewsbury Town. Your score at half-time was... All square, nil-nil. Not really a game that reflected nil-nil in terms of the action. Nowhere near a game that reflected a nil-nil. However, it's all to play for in the second half and arguably Gary Coldwell's future relies on this second 45. Play breaks down. Shrewsbury Town will now look to counter-attack. However, Wildshut does his best and drives forward, takes the ball again. Now ball with Trevitt, who finds Aitchison in space. Cross field, edge of the penalty area. Willie shoots. He will try to cross. Ball will then fall to the feet of Trevitt. Three metres away from the goal. Really shallow angle. Has to cross inside and no one's there to receive the cross. Shrewsbury do well to dispossess City. But it should be 1-0 City, shouldn't it, Michael? It's an opportunity that would not go into the records as a shot on or off target. But this was the best chance of the game, in my opinion. Ranking was sprinting towards that. And I thought he would arrive in time. Just not enough to make the final contact. Exeter conceded. Uh, continued playing, sorry. Flag stayed down and the delivery, I think that was from, uh, I think Cole perhaps, for the City. And Rankin, who's improved in the first five minutes of this half, almost scored. Standing over this free kick is, of course, the two usual suspects, Reese Cole and Ryan Trevitt. Can Exeter City send EX4 into liftoff and take the lead in League One? We wait and see. Ryan Trevitt steps away. Reese Cole comes in, shoots. And the ball so nearly curls, creeps into the far left corner. They didn't aim right, they aimed left corner. So nearly curls in. Morosi looked like he was beaten. 
And Michael, that should have been 1-0 City. It was so close. You could see me cover my face that I was deceived by the angle for a short glimpse, for a short episode. For a single moment, I thought that was going to find its way into the top corner. Excellent effort. And just wide. Exeter City would be disappointed that didn't hit the target. And, uh, yeah, the keeper saw it all the way. But City continue knocking at the door. They have to stay focused. They have to commit to those attacks. They have to find the options. There's a half an hour to go in this game. And City could win it. No matter the form. No matter that City haven't won in the league for two months. They could do it here at the park. Right now, it's looking like this game is going to peter out into a draw. As we look down at the touchline, looks like we see... James Scott getting ready to be substituted onto the field of play. Surely that'd be for Czech Diabate. Attacking chance to come, however. Cross comes in and will be a goal kick. But let's talk about that now. James Scott coming on and also warming up on the touchline is Tom Carroll. So it looks like that'll be a double substitution or at least a single sub for now. James Scott coming on for, as we expected, Czech Diabate now. Let's have the post-mortem on Czech Diabate, second out at striker. Michael, it's not worked, has it? No, definitely not. There's another change as well, Joe. It's going to be Carl Taylor coming on to replace John Rankin. John Rankin going quickly on that other side. But back on your question, Joe, regarding James Scott and Diabate, I have to say, Diabate hasn't impressed, I'm afraid. It's great to see him back after having him out for so long. But I'd love to see him in that back three, not up top. Next to Wildshut and ranking, it's going to be James Scott now. And this is almost his biggest game of his month. He has to deliver here in front of the St. James Rodent. And if he does, this could change his season. Who then lays off to Udo. And Udo shoots, however, into the side netting. And if you are Dan Udo, you are thinking right now, how have I not got a goal to my name? Again, Joe, I may disagree ever so slightly. It was hard to get a right shot on that angle. He should have really hit the target, but it was quite difficult to score. Questions have to be asked to the Exeter City backline. I mentioned it. We talked about it. They have to stay focused. You can't afford to be sloppy at the back. And there we saw Exeter lost out, caught out on the counter. And within seconds, Shrewsbury were in with two versus one. Exeter did well to recover, though. And thankfully to the big bank, the ball ended up in the side netting for Mudo. City survive a scare as we edge towards the last 15 minutes of regulation time. City nil, Shrewsbury nil, 74 minutes gone. Strong pressure from Scott on the Shrewsbury back line. However, ball will retain in and remain even in City feet. Taken now by Taylor. Taylor looks to find Scott in space, however well covered by Aaron Pierre, who clears towards the halfway line. And what do we see now? Shrewsbury are clearing their lines. For the first time in this game, they're not attempting to play it from the back. We saw it once again. It was just cleared away completely to safety. We now see more Benning coming on to replace Max Marter. But this is what the fans would want to see. Exeter in the ascendancy. Exeter are the team that is looking for this winning goal at the moment. Can't help but feel like it's too, it's too late though, Michael. 88 minutes and 30 seconds gone. It's nil-nil. Three minutes of added time at St James's Park. An expected amount of added time, it must be said. Cross comes into the penalty area. Carl Taylor so nearly finds his boot on their pitch. So he now drives forward. Lays it off towards Kite. Now 16-6 back to Tom Carroll. Then to 16 to Harry Kite. Harry Kite looks to drive forward. 
Back to Carroll again. Cross comes in. Trevitt. Trevitt goes for the bicycle kick almost. The half bicycle kick. And it only just sails over the top of the crossbar. But again, I said it earlier on. Two days too late, Michael. And right now, feels like this is going to be a nil-nil game. Yeah, Kite tried to thread it. There was a stretch from Ryan Trevitt. And he almost got there. Tried to lift it over Marco Morossi and agonisingly close but it lands onto the roof of the net two minutes to go in this game here at St James's Park Exeter City now I can say it thoroughly deserved a win especially if we look how they've played in the last 10 minutes but it looks like it may end in a goalless draw James Scott though now wins the ball back for City they go again maybe for the final time header is taken backwards by Sobavale and that's it full time and listen to that and if you couldn't hear that on the microphone, that was booze. That was booze, Michael. Your final score, Exeter City nil, Shrewsbury Town nil. And same old, same old problems. The Coldwell out sign is carried out of the ground. And that does not help City one shot. Attendance is 5,288. 169 travelling fans for the Salops. And that means that over the last nine games, the record in the league speaks as follows. Zero wins. Two losses. Two draws even. Six losses. Michael, same old, same old problems. That is 22 goals against City. Two goals for City over the last nine games. Give me your thoughts. We've heard the boos, Joe. We heard them clearly and loudly and they speak for themselves. But I think Exeter did not deserve them specifically for today. I think they have fought. They have fought on the pitch. They tried to find a win and they were closer to it, I think, than Shrewsbury. But a draw, a goalless draw again. I've now covered two games for Expression FM where Exeter played Shrewsbury here at the park. Both ended in a goalless draw. But if last year that draw kept Exeter in a comfortable mid-table position... At this stage, in this campaign, it just takes Exeter City, lifts them just above the relegation zone, which they maintain for the moment. They haven't won since mid-September, and unfortunately, it's not good news for Exeter City. They will return here on Saturday and try and make amends for this. But for Gary Caldwell, a win that he hoped for hasn't arrived yet. As you were talking there, the players and the fans walk past the big bank and in a shower of booze, this is chanted, we want Coldwell out. I said in my intro that SJP is threatening to boil over and arguably it's already boiled over and there is a mountain of steam coming out of St. James's Park right now. Your final score at St. James's Park is 0-0. City will next play Port Vale at home. On the 9th of December, commentary will be presented live from Expression of M Sport, live on Spotify. Thank you for joining me for match commentary here at St. James Park. My name's been Joseph Terry. I've been joined by my good friend, Michael Schlover. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining me, listeners. I will see you very soon for our next commentary of City Chiefs or University Sports. Your final score, City nil, Shrewsbury Town nil. See you then. <laughs>